This is your home for St. Cloud State Hockey, keeping you up to date on the NCHC. Women's WCHA. Dana Rasmussen fires and she scores! Dana Rasmussen for the Huskies. The National Hockey League. Kaprizov in for a chance to win it. He scores! Thrill the thrill is for real! Welcome to the NHL, a game winner. And everything from the state of hockey. Cloud Cathedral is now 42.6 seconds away from wrapping up the school's first ever title. Welcome to the Huskies Warming House Podcast Den. to episode number 88 the huskies warming house podcast i'm noah grant joined by a pair of co-hosts who are here on this bright and early sunday morning pat micheletti and alex micheletti it's a pleasure to have you both on the show we'll get a little bit uh, of an update as to what you two are up to here as we move along into the regular portion of the show we've got a great huskies illustrated weekly roundup for the two of you as well as we're going to talk a little bit of women's hockey uh, a lot of men's hockey and their weekend series against western michigan and uh, the tough weekend that the huskies had a little bit of minnesota wild talk and we'll finish off the show uh, with some talk in the NHL the rumblings about the Quebec Nordiques and seeing if they have a home in hockey so without further ado we're going to start with Center Ice View News and Notes in the Huskies Illustrated Weekly Roundup. Center Ice View News and Notes. Center Ice View provides you with the best coverage of St. Cloud State Huskies hockey from game notes recaps photos and more go to centericeview.com This week's weekly roundup, Noah Grant here, bringing you a very quick one, hopefully. Uh, just a couple topics to get to around the college hockey and NHL landscape. A little bit of news about uh, St. Cloud State hockey, uh, some Quebec City news, and uh, a couple of injury roundups as well. Starting off, St. Cloud State men's hockey, a tough weekend for them, swept by Western Michigan by a scoring margin of 10 to 2 on the weekend. A Friday night loss of 6-2 after a four-goal third period and four-goal performance by Ethan Frank uh, for Western Michigan capped off the win for the Broncos, while a slow and methodical 4-0 finish on Saturday completed a great weekend for Western in that sweep. Uh, they were actually swept by Denver last weekend, so a good rebound for Western Michigan in the NCHC. Zach Okabe, Micah Miller, uh, the only two goal scorers of the weekend. I thought Micah Miller had a fantastic uh, weekend. I thought he was one of the few bright spots uh, throughout the entire weekend. His defensive uh, presence, especially in the penalty kill, I thought was very nice. Um, uh, three defensemen, Spencer Meyer, Seamus Donahue, Seamus Donahue, excuse me, and Jack Peart uh, tallying assists on the weekend. Netminder David Rennick on Friday, stopping 19 shots. Jackson Caster, a single save Friday, and 20 saves in his start on Saturday. Huskies out shooting Western Michigan 66-50 on the weekend. Team moved to 9-5 on the season, 3-3 three three in conference play. They're going to have a bye before welcoming North Dakota the following weekend. Uh, over to women's hockey, it was a home-and-home home weekend series that did not end well for the team unfortunately a 6-2 loss on Friday at home and a 5-1 finish on the road Saturday against the Minnesota Golden Gophers pushed the women's hockey team and the Huskies 4-7-1 
on the season and two seven and one in conference play. Mackenzie Bourgeret, Emma Gentry, and Addie Scribner each continued their weekend goal streaks, uh, scoring uh, last weekend. Uh, Mackenzie Bourgeret and Emma Gentry, especially two players that have really come into their own offensively this season. Taylor Lind had two assists on the weekend, and Dale Ross, Yanina Newland, McKenna Wessel, Olivia Savar each had a helper on the weekend. Uh, sophomore Sonia Hola had 34 saves Friday and 32 saves on Saturday, and the Huskies 46 shots on the weekend. Starting off with a quick hit of other NHL news, former St. Louis State Husky and guest of our show, Nick Dowd, signed a three-year extension with the Washington Capitals. Uh, $1.3 million per season. He has a goal in nine games this year. Uh, I believe they just played last night against San Jose. I don't know if he was in the lineup, but he did finally make the trip. He's been hurt a little bit. 79 points in 316 NHL games for him thus far. The team has not beaten, uh, you know, as we had kind of mentioned, uh, too. Speaking of women's hockey, I forgot to mention this, the team has not beaten the Gophers since February 2010. They're going to travel to RPI for a two-game set over Thanksgiving. But as we mentioned, Nick Dowd, his extension, congratulations to him. He was an absolute blast to have on the show uh, a couple episodes ago. So if you get a chance to go back and check out our interview with Nick Dowd, he was a lot of fun. Uh, in executive news, uh, in our uh, third to last uh topic, if you will. Uh, NHL Commissioner Gary Bettman, he's set to travel to Quebec to discuss the possibility of bringing the defunct Quebec Nordiques back to Quebec City. Uh, Quebec City's Videotron Center is an 18,259-seat arena that opened back in 2015, the seventh largest indoor arena in Canada, and the largest that doesn't house an NHL team. Uh, they just have their, uh, of course, uh, I believe it's QMJHL uh, team that is there right now. Uh, the NHL has expanded, of course, to 32 teams over the last couple of years with the addition of Vegas and Seattle, but no further expansion plans are publicly known. It's been rumored that the Arizona Coyotes are, um, you know, kind of in the mix when they're moved to Tempe as of late, but we'll have to see. Uh, also of note, former Pittsburgh Penguins minor league coach and brief NHLer Clark Donatelli was indicted on four counts of sexual assault in Rhode Island this past week. Donatelli, he's a Rhode Island native who played collegially at Boston University and played two years in the NHL for the North Stars and Boston Bruins uh, from 1989 to 1992. So again, more of this stuff uh, coming out, just difficult things to hear, but glad they got done with that legal process. Um, in our Final little roundup here um, and quick hits with injuries and other NHL news. Uh, former NHLer Dion Phaneuf officially retiring this week after over a thousand games, over 14 NHL seasons. Uh, that ended back in 2019. He hasn't played since when he was with the LA Kings. Uh, Toronto acquired NHL journeyman Kyle Clifford from St. Louis. And despite the ongoing feud between Carolina and Montreal, the Hurricanes announced last Saturday they made a donation to the Montreal Children's uh, Fund in honor of World Kindness Day. So good to see those two teams. Uh, doing the great things off the ice in terms of the little, besides the terms of the, twi the Twitter fun that they uh, like to have with each other. In injury news, Edmonton defenseman Darnell Nurse, he's going to miss two to three weeks with a broken finger. Colorado's JT Comfer is out one month with an upper body ailment. And New York Rangers forward Sammy Blay, he's going to miss the rest of the season after a torn ACL in his right knee that's going to have him out for at least eight weeks. And then finally, of course, as we mentioned, or as we're going to mention in the show, the Minnesota Wild, they're going to await uh, injury answer news. Uh, he's going to miss today's contest on Sunday. Captain and defenseman Jared Spurgeon, he exited Saturday's contest against Florida just three minutes into that game with a lower body injury. Like I mentioned, the Wild will face Tampa Bay today on Sunday. Once again, welcome in episode number 88. Noah Grant joined alongside a pair of Michelettis, Pat and Alex. Uh, Alex, we're going to start with you. You were with me uh, last week on the show. Uh, it's a pleasure to have you here bright and early again. Um, Alex, how are you doing this morning? You hanging in there? And uh, what are you up to for the day? 
Yeah. Um, yeah. Hanging in there. Uh, you know, uh, interesting weekend, uh, in college hockey and NHL. So, um, yeah, lot, lots of fun watching, watching all the games and then going to have a uh, football Sunday with my dad. So, uh, it'll be fun watching Vikings Packers and the full slate of, uh, NFL football. So looking forward to it. And then we also can uh, mix in, uh, some wild lightning uh so both teams coming off tough losses so yeah it should be a sur- surly game for sure today yeah it was a game that i think that tampa maybe should have handled their opponent a little more readily than the wild did but the wild uh, it's kind of been their theme of late a uh, little late and a dollar short but uh making it exciting nonetheless before i kick it over to uh pat uh alex what's the word on if you actually get fed today and can you tell the listeners why you may may or not get fed today <laughs> yeah, I overslept a little bit on the eight o'clock start, only by five minutes. But actually, I was up. I was just on my phone, you know. But uh, uh, yeah, I think I, I, I think I will eventually. I think you are now officially enshrined as a co-host of the show because Nick Maxson has done the same thing. Although in his case, twice he missed the show by an hour and a half. So you know what? It's okay. <laughs> hey, anytime I can beat Nick at something, I'll, I'll take it. You know, that's yeah. what Mavericks, that's what Mavericks do, you know? Um, yeah. So that, that's just a plus one and a good hard shift. If you ask me, uh, yep. speaking, speaking of a couple of good hard shifts, although it's been a while, uh, Pat Micheletti, two-time guest in the show. And now a uh, pleasure to have you co-hosting the show today, Pat. Uh, how has the week been? And uh, did you enjoy uh, the week off in the broadcasting world per se, if you will? Um, first, I'm going to throw up after what Alex just said, and the jury is still out whether he's getting fed today. Uh, in fact, <laughs> I, I may um, take back the invite that was offered. Um, so, all right, we'll leave it there, and I'll have to think about it. Um, I actually didn't have the weekend off from broadcasting because I went to Iowa on Friday, and... Um, worked the Iowa Wild Tucson Roadrunners game, uh, which um, which was really good uh, good for me to get down there and see their prospects, how they're developing. And I can tell you one thing, uh, Tim Army and, and his team uh, with Iowa are awfully, awfully good. Um, got to see Matt Boldy in his first game. Uh, I wanted to see Marco Rossi because I hadn't really seen him in person. Um, and so that that was good. He played on a line with uh, with Kyle Rao and Boldy, and um, they had four of the five goals uh, for the Wild. And, Average. Um, yeah, I mean, they, you know, they, you know, you could you could really tell the difference between guys that are close or can play in the NHL, and then you know the um, the other guys. But uh, but yeah, so it was a. Uh, it was a you know busy weekend Friday and Saturday. I uh, I went to the actually I saw part of the St. Cloud Minnesota game on the women's side. Uh, excuse me in the Hall of Fame in the Hall of Fame game. Um, so I was there for a little bit, and um, so yeah, all ready for a relaxing Sunday. Yeah, we're certainly <laughs> going to uh, touch a little bit on some women's hockey. I wanted to ask you quickly, uh, Pat, of course, you got the Heartlanders that are now in the mix and the Iowa Wild. And uh, I don't know if I would call them a non-traditional hockey market, but, you know, they're not the, the prime bread and butter, if you will, neighboring Minnesota. Um, you know, I've been to a couple of AHL games myself. Uh, you know, are, are they worth the ticket price? In my opinion, I think it's really good hockey. People should definitely check it out. Oh, 100 um, percent. 
you know, you know, a lot of people think the AHL is the second best league in the world. Um, you know, people in Sweden and Finland and Russia may debate that a little bit, but, but it's, it's, you know, it's your top prospects. It's you're one step away from, from getting to that next level. Um, you know, the best level, uh, the NHL. And so listen, I, you know, there's, there's, if you were, if, if Minnesota had five guys out today, um, they could bring up five guys uh, and you wouldn't miss a beat. Uh, I mean, that's how, you know, that's how tight it is. Um, and so a lot of guys are waiting in the wings to get up here. And, um, you know, it was a, it was a really, really, really good game on, um, on Friday. Yeah, I had a chance uh, during our national uh, championship run. I was actually in Binghamton, New York, back when the Sens were back there, and they were playing the Marlies for a two-game set, and uh, it was some good hockey. I mean, I definitely well worth the ticket price, and I think ticket price a little more affordable, uh, too, in, in that regard, which uh, you're going to get some good hockey, like Pat had said. I kind of want to go over, too, uh, we have our trivia question for this week, but I think it's better served with the men's hockey stuff. So let's start very briefly, uh, women's hockey, like we had mentioned in the Huskies Illustrated Weekly Roundup, uh, home and home series for them six to two loss on friday uh five to one finish on the road saturday against the golden gophers uh just not uh not the weekend uh, it's been uh as we also i kind of mentioned uh it's been since i believe 2010 uh since the women's program has gotten a chance to get over the golden gophers um i think it's 37 uh 37 or close to 40 matchups between the two teams uh sonia hola uh, in in her sophomore season continuing to rack up the save total um and play pretty well in net though i think and and, uh, uh, but nonetheless, uh, this women's hockey team, just not the result they're looking for. They're off. Um, uh, excuse me. They are actually in RPI this weekend. They're out in New York. Um, they're going to travel. So um, they're the only Huskies team playing this upcoming weekend. Uh, Pat, you said you got you mentioned a little bit about you got a chance to check out the game a little bit. Uh, so I want to throw it back over to you. I mean, this women's program. They've started to be on the rise. They're starting to generate offensively. There's a lot of good pieces that they're starting to build on. Um, you know, do you think it was a case of, uh, uh, you know, a little bit of ten tentativeness from St. Cloud or that in combination with the Golden Gophers team that uh, perennially is just very good? Well, you know, like it or not right now, Minnesota is still getting the cream of the crop. Um, and, you know, pick and choose if you like to use that term um, for recruits and, uh, but, but I'll take you back to when St. Cloud on the men's side, you know, first entered, you know, no different. And it, it just, it takes time to build that reputation, um, that we, you know, we have the ability, uh, to win here. Uh, you know, uh, we have a good school, uh, you know, every, every facet of, of putting yourself at a higher level, and it takes time. It takes stability. Um, you know, I know that, you know, Eric Rude was the coach a couple of years ago, moved on. You know, you, you need someone in place for a while and, um, and, and to build it up and then word of mouth with other recruits. And, you, you know, it, it just um, they'll they'll get there. They'll be, you know, on the same level. They're getting better. Um, so, you know, you just have to look to the positives and and, um, you know, try to win some of those recruiting battles. 
Yeah, I definitely agree. And they've held par with the teams that were hoping, you know, two years ago, it was even right. your Bemidji's, your Mankato's, they weren't getting right. over the hump. Now they're starting to push for that four spot in the WCHA, which is, I think, no secret, probably the best uh, league in women's hockey by a mile, uh, if you ask me. But, uh, you know, those pieces still slowly coming together. And like you had mentioned, you know, Bob Motzko was kind of the guy that made his mark for St. Cloud hockey. Yeah. And it was, it's interesting to think about, uh, you know, Brett Larson first comes in and uh, as always, everybody has question marks and thinks, is this the guy? And I think we have the answer to that question uh, in terms of carrying this program forward. So Steve McDonald, Janelle, Sergey, Molly Ingstrom, um, you know, they'll go back to the drawing board. I think that, uh, you know, the shot volume is starting to come down in terms of suppressing shots for the St. Cloud group, but it's not quite where they want to be yet. And I think if they can obviously box out, keep that shot total down a little bit, uh, it just means they're on the offensive side and they have the pieces, I think, to, you know, push through. Pat, you had something to add? Yeah, well, it, it, it's very interesting on, re, on on recruiting, right? And and how you go about recruiting um, and, and what is the best fit for your team at your school. Yeah. And I'll I'll give you a perfect example of how some people recruit. Um, I had a long talk with the Denver coaches about this subject. And, you know, they, you know, they, they know um, there's just certain places they're not going to win. They're, they're not going to win the guy, but what they do when they recruit. Okay. Let's say, for example, they're, they're losing a left winger who, you know, is big and strong and, you know, and, and, uh, you know, is a great four checker or, you know, fills the role for that. Uh, if they know they're going to lose a guy like that, they go looking for a guy like that to replace them. So they plug in to what that, to what they lost. Um, and, and, you know, it's a very interesting way of going about things, but if you watch Denver every year, they're consistently pretty much, you know, the same team every, every year. And uh, may have, may have a new name and a new number, but they play the same. Um, they, you know, they, they um, attack the same, you know, everything involved. So, you know, that's one interesting fact, Mankato, Minnesota state, Alex's school, Um, you know, they, they know that they're not going to go uh, after the number one pick in the draft. Okay, and of the NHL draft or the second round or the third round or maybe not even the fourth round, but they have a niche and they have an area where they go to and they have a philosophy of of what they want to do with their recruits. They keep them in junior for a couple of years. The guys come in a little bit older, more mature, stronger, um, and and uh, they fit a system that Mike Hastings does. Um, you know, Minnesota, Wisconsin, on the other hand, right? Um they can go after though in Michigan, they can go after those first, first and second and third rounders um, because those kids have a tendency to go to bigger schools, you know, right, wrong, and different. That's, that's just the way it is. So I think St. Cloud uh, on the women's side have, have to find their niche. What works for them? What type of player do we want? Uh, how are we going, you know, how is it going to fit with where we want to get to? And, you know, I think they'll figure it out, but it needs consistency and over time. 
Yeah, it definitely takes time, uh, like you had mentioned. And, uh, you know, you talk about, you know, a flip-flop of the programs. I'm glad you mentioned Mankato. The Huskies getting the better of them on the women's, women's side a couple of weeks ago. I think it's been, uh, if I'm not mistaken, it's eight straight losses uh, for the women's program on the Mankato side, um, you know, and, and their journey. Alex, uh, before we get to some men's hockey, uh, a very quick question since Pat had kind of brought it up. Uh, did you get a chance to go to any of the women's hockey games? I feel like Mankato, um, you know, not only this season, I should say, but moreover back when you were there um getting a chance to watch their program and kind of a similar thing uh, in in terms of what, what they've been up to yeah i mean i actually worked uh women's hockey games when i was down there too i helped out do stats and uh you know it's amazing to see the before um you know a couple of years ago um they were playing at the the high school rink um still at all seasons arena um and now they've moved down to the Mayo Clinic event center with the men's team. So it's done, you know, tremendous for them um, in, in terms of recruiting and getting to play in the, in the bigger rank um, and getting a coach like uh, John Harrington. Um, and so, yeah, it's, it's, it's fun to see that program grow and uh, uh, shout out to the team this weekend though. They, they, <laughs> so they had no goalies, they had no yeah. goalies versus Ohio state and they had to, uh, um, they, they found a girl who was on the Mankato tennis team to play goalie this weekend against Ohio state, one of the best teams in the yeah. country. So it's amazing. Um, you know, amazing story. Um, and you know, you don't, you know, <laughs> what, what are you supposed to do when you have no goalies? So to find somebody that had, that had played goalie in high school is, is incredible. Yeah, like, I think they lost one of the games to nothing. Am I correct there? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Which is, you know, to, to hang with a team like Ohio state. Yeah. That's, that's, that's really impressive for sure. Yeah. And sometimes I, uh, you know, the piece too, when you don't have a goaltender, especially that first night that, you know, you said the score was a little bit tighter. I mean, I've been in one game where a goaltender has been a late subtraction, if you will. And uh, you have that adrenaline flow. And I think where you understand that the, the moment, the moment is now heightened, uh, so to speak. And uh, like I mentioned, Mankato, it's kind of been a foe that the Huskies on the women's side have gone toe to toe with um, on the men's side too, just a little bit. Um, speaking of some men's hockey, why don't we flip on over to that uh, in our trivia question, uh, trivia question uh, from yesterday afternoon uh, did read sadly, St. Cloud state men's hockey allowed six goals on Friday night. Uh, the seventh loss in the last nine games, games against Western Michigan now losing eight of their last 10 the Huskies um provided uh, some records we'll get into that in just a second um Western Michigan powered by Ethan Frank he had four goals that night uh who is the last player uh before that game to score three goals against St. Cloud State and what team does he play for do you guys have any idea first of all um who the player or the team is um it came last year I'll give you that much I do hmm. I do. Who do you got, Pat? I have a defenseman from Western Michigan. I, yeah, he's in there. Um, is there another one? There is another one. I'll run you through it here. Uh, our winner was uh, C-H-S-T-R-C-P-P-R-P-R-T, or P-T, 33. It's Chester. It's Eric Chester, everybody. That's who it is. Uh, St. Cloud State allow, has allowed just three hat tricks. Since August 2019, taking you back to the 2019 season, uh, November 2nd, Corey Andosky, uh in that Princeton 5-5 tie yep. at home. 
Uh, following, uh, I believe, the next one you're going with, Michael Joyu, uh, Western Michigan, that 5-4 overtime loss at home, uh, February 6, 2021. And then following that, unless I miss one, Pat, which is very possible, uh, I've got Nick Sweeney of Duluth on uh, February 27th of last season, that 5-1 to loss at the University of Minnesota Duluth, actually completed his hat trick uh, in the before the second period was actually done uh, for him. Um, but nonetheless, uh, who are you thinking here? There are a couple of two goal games. Addard. Yeah. What a player. Yeah. Great player. Uh, smart human being too. I mean, what he brings to the table on the academic side too. He's really, really, really good. I thought he had three last year. Maybe I'm wrong. He had a two game. I know he had at least two. Um, I went back through the game okay. logs and he he popped up in that game where he had two goals. But nonetheless, Pat, uh, you know, you're highlighting it very well. And I think the better thing, let's talk men's hockey, Western yeah. Michigan. It's been painful in Kalamazoo as of late for uh, the Huskies. Let's set the stage a little bit um, and uh, try to talk the Twitter faithful off a cliff, shall we? Right. Uh, St. Cloud versus Western Michigan. Before January 2020, uh, the Huskies had not lost a game in Kalamazoo since the two teams started playing each other in December of 2011. St. Cloud State, 18-12-4 all time after this weekend, um, but they're 2-8 in their last 10 against Western Michigan. So you can see how that series has really swung um, with Western Michigan style of play. Uh, last time the Huskies have lost three straight, uh, February 29th, March 6th and 7th of 2020, the tail end of that season two years ago, Denver, right. Duluth, Duluth. Uh, St. Cloud went 20 and 11 last season en route to a national championship game. Uh, everyone's freaking out about the power play, Pat. I don't know why. Huskies' last power play goal was on Friday, Zach Okabe, and the Huskies have had at least one power play goal in every weekend this season thus far. To to wrap it up quickly here in terms of stats, St. Cloud is nine and five uh, overall, a six four three winning percentage, and three and three exactly five hundred in conference play. La- uh, they're four and two at home, five and three on the road. Last year, twenty and eleven for a six four five winning percentage, fifteen and nine in the conference for a six two five winning percentage, six and two at home, four and five on the road, two and two at home in the pod, four and one on the road for the pod, and five and two at neutral sites. Pat, I think the thing that, you know, we need to start with here, um, you know, you, they mentioned the power play. Oh. <laughs> they, they, they mentioned, you know, the Huskies, uh, you know, not having the, the better the play. They outshot uh, um, the Huskies did they outshot Western Michigan uh, throughout the weekend. We mentioned that a little bit in the weekly roundup. Let me just pull it up. 66 to 50 um, on the weekend. I think the thing that I'd like people to, to get a start and an understanding, because it seems like, you know, people are watching the game live. They're tweeting about the game live. They tweet about when a power play doesn't work. You, you have power plays in the game that sometimes are non-productive, non-momentum generating either way, if you will. But I think that extends beyond that into a game. It was a weekend where, as you know, Pat, as a hockey player, hockey games are not games that you dominate for 60 minutes. That doesn't exist. What you do is you dominate stretches of the game and you work with the ebb and flow to survive the stretches you're not dominating. And then you try to get back on your high horse. And I think that's what happened to the Huskies. It was just a little few and far between their stretches when they were, you know, the controlling team. But Pat, as a former player, you have a clunker of a weekend. Is it time to hit the panic button for this team? I don't think it is. Well, I, I, I'm, I'm not chuckling. Um, I, I'm going to use the word um, for all of us, not, not the fans that are commenting, for <laughs> all of us. Um, we get spoiled. Uh, mm-hmm. Going into last weekend's series 
against Omaha, their power play was at 44%. Yeah. No, I'm not. That's not a. Yeah. It was 44%. Never in the history of my lifetime have I seen a power play that has been at 44%. Or, or, you, that, or that has potted 20 goals over the course of, what has it been now, 12 games, something like yeah. that? When you look at a power play, you know, kind of the benchmark, if you have a good power play, is 20%. 20%. If you're hitting at 20%, your power play is awfully, awfully good. St. Cloud's is 44%. I'm not going to sit here and make excuses why it wasn't good or not good this weekend. Um, but that being said, sometimes, you know, Western going into the into the series is probably thinking, you know what? We got to stop that power play. Mm-hmm. They probably put a heck of a lot of time into scouting um, how to break that power play down. And, you know, St. Cloud did play, you know, plays on their big rank at home. They go into a, a place that's, it's, it's a, Kalamazoo is one of the toughest places in college hockey to play. They, you know, they have great, great student section, great fans. Um, it's darker in there. It's, you know, it, it can be intimidating. Um, so, you know, some uh, you have to tip your hat to the other team, Western yeah. Michigan, which blew me blows me away for where they were picked in the in the conference. Okay, yeah, um, they are good. They are a legitimate team to win the national title this year. There's there's no there's no doubt about it. They had everybody coming back, but the one key for their team was their goaltender. Yeah, their goaltender got hurt in what the first five minutes of his first game a year ago in the bubble and was out the whole year kid by the name of Bassey. Yeah. And, and he's back and now they've got a goaltender. So um, losing to in November to Western Michigan is not the worst thing in the world. Um, And guess what? St. Cloud might get swept again. Um, It's college hockey. Mm -hmm. Every team, on every on, on any night can beat anybody. We you know we've already seen it this year. So I wouldn't really panic. Um, I think you will learn from it. That's how you get better. And um, and you know in and, and and now it's a distant memory uh, in terms of what happened. You'll talk about it, um, and you'll work at the things that you weren't good at this weekend, and strap them up again. Yeah, absolutely. I'd agree 100%, Pat. And you do have the bye week to this weekend for the men's team. Get a little bit of rest, get home, get to some family. Um, You know, and I thought it was funny. There was an interesting comment, too, about, uh, you know, talking to someone, you know, I'd mentioned, you know, the boys might be a little bit beat up, you know, tail between their legs as they come back home a little bit. And, you know, the the comment was, these guys are 18 to 25. They don't have excuse to be beat up or tired. Man, it's it's a hockey game. Play play a weekend of hockey against Western Michigan in Kalamazoo. And uh, tell me how you feel on Sunday morning. I'm guessing it's going to, they're getting a lot better rest than we are, Pat and Alex. (laughs) Let's just put it that way. Uh, You know, Alex, kind of a similar notion. We talked about power play percentages. I was just looking over, uh, Minnesota 
Minnesota State uh, at 27.3% on the season this year. A good power play for them as well, too. They're a program that's on the rise, starting to feel the pressure of a team that has expectations, if you will. They took care of St. Thomas this weekend, but, but nonetheless... You know, Alex, when you've watched Mankato teams in years past, and of course the Huskies as well too, and you have the Twitter faithful that kind of go, kind of go this way and that way, you know, what is your evaluation of what makes a championship caliber team, a championship team? And how do you kind of ride that wave and that ebb and flow over the course of a game, over the course of a season, uh, you know, to pay attention to a team and keep them, you know, (laughs) grounded, if you will, in the center. Yeah. I mean, I, I talk about this with my dad all the time too. Uh, sometimes, you know, getting, uh, facing a little adversity helps. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, for example, this Maverick team, uh, two weeks ago or, you know, three weeks ago now, uh, they lost on Friday night to Ferris state. Um, and so that was a really, really devastating <laughs> loss. Um, and now the past two weekends, I just took a look, uh, They've scored 26 goals in their past uh, two series um, against uh, Bowling Green and St. Thomas. So I think, you know, message uh, answered on uh, yeah. on that. And, you know, um, you know, a- as you go along in the season, you're going to have those ups and downs. And sometimes it's really good to get, uh, you know, to, you know, take a really hard loss early uh, because you know how it feels and you don't want the, to have that loss come playoff time and come NCAA tournament tournament time. So you just got to ride the wave. And like you said, it's, uh, and my dad tells me this all the time too. Uh, these are eight, like you said, 18 to 25 year olds. Yeah. Sometimes you're not going to have it on a night and, uh, you know, or, or an entire weekend. Um, and you know, uh, you know, practice is so key. Uh, you know, a lot of, a lot of people think practice is a joke, uh, but you know, if you, if you have bad habits during the week, you know, that can spill into the weekend. And so it's always, you know, always have to be sharp, no matter who you're playing every given, every, you know, given Friday or Saturday or, or sometimes Thursdays, like the Mavs had had this past week. So um, yeah, you just, you just never know. And you kind of, you have to ride the wave and uh, it's uh, nice to have a good goaltender like Dryden McKay though. So you're always in it when you have a good goaltender, <laughs> same thing with David Rennick. Um, it starts from the back end and uh, yeah, you go from there. He had to throw your, uh, your Dryden McKay uh, thing in there, Alex. Every podcast, uh, every podcast. You're, you're, you're biding your time, you know, and I think Jackson, Jackson Castor was great in relief for the Huskies too. You talked about practice and how you play. I love that mentality. It's definitely true uh, in terms of hockey. The other piece that I want to go on here before I kick it back to you, Pat, is we look at the Huskies team of last year, the team that after 92 years of St. Cloud State hockey was finally the team to do it and get them to a national title game. It wasn't the result we wanted in the end, but we made that stepping stone. That was a team that uh, on paper, in your eyes, in some senses, they were not the team, the, the golden child in terms of St. Cloud hockey. And I go back to a game the second to last game of the regular season, the Huskies get their doors blown off up at Amsoil Arena. They come back, they respond. Then they go, they play Colorado College. They play well in the NCHC tournament. They're down one nothing off of a dump in from the red line. And we talked so much about that could have been a team that really folded like the teams of years past. And that could have been it for them, but it wasn't. It's a process. Everybody sitting here trying to evaluate this team is or isn't championship caliber or this and that we're not there yet. 
we're playing to develop ourselves for February, March, April hockey. So when it comes tournament time, you're ready to handle that adversity. You know, this is a stepping stone where if you're going to have a clunker, man, have it on November 19th and 20th of the season. Don't have it in February. Don't have it in March. And that's what we're building towards here. But I think the expectation from last year, along with the fact that the Huskies started the season off pretty good. They started the season six and two on the season, had a good weekend against uh, CC, really should have taken all six points uh, from Omaha, but ran into a stingy defensive effort on Saturday for Omaha and then hit a Western Michigan team where Pat, as you had alluded to, we did a pre-ranking on this show. We had them finishing in the top three in the conference. They are that good. They're gritty style of play. You know, you guys, they, you guys were smart on that, but the league wide, League wide, they you know they were picked like, I think fifth. Yeah, you know, I mean, maybe Andy Murray not being there. I don't know. Uh, no, yeah, but 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 you talk about everyone says we had the argument too about how um, I really like Michigan, even though they're young. The Michigan Wolverines, a deadly hockey team, a lot of pieces, amazing. And, yeah, um, and the arg and the argument was, well, the Huskies, I'd rather take them because they're more experienced. The average age between the St. Cloud State Huskies and the Western Michigan Broncos, and Pat, as you alluded, I probably one of the best um, core retaining teams along with the Huskies. It's Western Michigan and the style and brand that they play. Forget the coaching change. The style of play hasn't changed um, for this group. And don't forget Western Michigan. They got swept by Denver last weekend. You want to talk about what a grind the NCHC is going to be this year? Um, you know, we have... Uh, a very exciting schedule coming up in the college hockey world. It's been fun so far, but Pat, my question for you is this, you're the Huskies, you know, you're Kevin Fitzgerald, you're Brett Larson, you're riding back on the bus from Kalamazoo. You got a week off a uh, little bit of holiday time, and then you regroup, you prepare, you welcome North Dakota the first week of December. What's the message in the locker room and what, and what do you work on going forward? Not a lot to be said. Uh, um, let's talk about St. Cloud a little bit. They've got 23 of 27 guys returning. And, and, uh, is it, it will, will this weekend affect them? No, uh, I can tell you, um, and I'll preface this by saying we're really blessed with six really good coaches in the state of Minnesota, mm -hmm. six really good coaches. Um, um, but the staff at St. Cloud is, is one of the top in the country, Brett Larson, Dave Shayek, Nick Oliver, um, they are dialed in. Okay. Um, and, and, and about the team, uh, the, this is a very, very mature team and they learned a lot from, from last year and getting to that game. My biggest question coming in was how, how they, how are they going to handle it? The target is on their back. They made it to the final game and everyone wants to beat them, right? Everybody wants to beat St. Cloud this year. Um, and so that being said, I watched that early and, and let me tell you, you know, I'm down in that room um, and, you know, before games and whatever you and talking to the guys and verbatim out of their mouth. It's all about the team. It's not about the individuals. Um, you look at their team, you just look at their team. And I, I potentially see one, maybe two guys um, moving up, you know, having the chance to make it to the NHL. It's not about that. They're there to play college hockey. Um, you know, I hope they all get a chance and you never know. Um, I hope every kid does um, on, on any team. But, but that being said, 
um, they're just built around, you know, togetherness and experience and they, um, it, it, nothing seems to affect them. And, and, um, and so that's why I think they have a really, really good chance, you know, after you get through the season, get through your ups and downs when it comes playoff time, um, uh, you know, I, I don't think they're going to worry about what happened in um, November, December, and January. Uh, they're they're going to be a team that's going to be ready to play. Yeah, I definitely agree. And Brett Larson has prepared this group, and it's all about the process. We've seen we've seen this before. Like we mentioned, it's been a while since the Huskies lost three games in a row, but it doesn't almost feel like that with the performance that they had against Omaha. You have tough weekends. Uh, if you're going to have one better to have it in November, better to have it on the road instead of front of you, in front of your home fans too. I think that that's important. Um, you know, but the discrepancy, I think the Huskies, you know, the discussion about how big the Herbrooks national hockey center ice is versus, you know, NHL ice. That's, I, that's a non-factor to me. It just was a weekend that the Huskies didn't control the pace of play enough for long enough stretches. Uh, and when they did Brandon Busey, like you mentioned, he stood on his head and made key saves at key times to keep the Huskies off the board. You get some puck lock, you get one or two of those that, that bounce at the key time. Suddenly the complexion of that game has changed, um, you know, and you start to have a tie game and you start to go back and forth. That's the ebb and flow of hockey. Um, I, I, I want to um, do want to talk a little bit about some Minnesota wild stuff. We might push that to the extra ice session, but Alex, uh, I wanted to ask you this. Um, we kind of alluded to Kalamazoo being a tough place to play. Their fan base was rocking. You love to see uh, they're a little bit crass at times, but they have the passion. They have the energy. They have the heart, if you will, on some pretty funny signs <laughs> throughout the crowd this weekend. When you watch the game to it, you know, that's some old school hockey. How good is it for the game too to have a team like Western Michigan that not only has the put up or shut up, you know, last at the tail end of last season, moving into this season, but also has a fan base that, uh, when the Huskies go there, if Mankato goes there, whoever goes there, they know it's going to be a war, uh, not only on the ice, but also uh, on the mental side of things. Yeah, I mean, it makes a huge difference having getting your crowd into the game. Um, you know, if you know if you get an early lead and, and have the crowd into it and the band, I mean, that really puts pressure on the opposing team. You know, uh, you know, they, you know, it puts all the pressure on the opposing team to try to get back into the game. And if it's loud, it, it may, you know, it can be distracting. And so, yeah, it's, it's huge. Uh, you know, it's so much fun uh, for both teams to have a, a lively atmosphere too. And so, yeah, like, like you mentioned Western, uh, but the crazies, uh, you know, they, you know, they have uh, one of the best fan bases for sure in college hockey. And so, you know, it's so much fun having all the, all the fan bases back in, uh, you know, for, for college hockey this season, you know, after having, you know, nothing last year. Um, and so, yeah, they just, you know, they bring the juice as a lot of, um, you know, coaches <laughs> say and, and players. So yeah, it's, it's so much fun and fun when you're watching it on TV too, if you're not there. Um, and you know, any, Especially any sport is better with it. <laughs> yeah. He's yes, special, exactly. special when you're watching right <laughs> yes of course Hello. of course Hello. of course yes yes you know and uh you know kind of kind of to close it off for the main portion of the show before like you said we're going to kick over we're going to talk a little bit of minnesota while and then very quickly uh brief thought i'd like to get pat's thoughts too on the quebec nordiques too that might also be a discussion uh, we're going to have caleb peabody that's going to join alex and i for the thanksgiving special that might be a good discussion for an off week in terms of men men's hockey if you will next week but uh um you know 
Minnesota Duluth splitting uh, at North Dakota. Good win for them on Friday night. North Dakota 2-1 gutsy win last night. And then Denver was able to sweep Miami pretty handily this weekend. And it was Omaha and CC that had the bye uh, heading into uh, last weekend. Uh, Pat, kind of final thoughts on the weekend and uh, what to expect from North Dakota. Well, you know, I think it's a, I think, uh, I think it's really good that they have the week off. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, they can, you know, just kind of decompress a little bit, get, you know, get, 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 just get away from it. Um, You know, sometimes you're at the ring too much in my opinion. Uh, And it'll be nice just to get away because then when you come back, you're, you're refreshed, you're anxious to get back on the ice. You have that drive again, because this think about how long this season is, right? When do they start in September, uh, you know, whatever, but, but in reality, no, they've been skating all summer long and, you know, um, it gets to be long and it gets to be arduous and sometimes just, just getting away, uh, you know, from the, from the rink for a couple of days is the best remedy to get you, get that fire going again, or as Alex likes to say, that juice going again. Um, and so listen, I, it, 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 you want to take care of business at home, right. And, and you've got North Dakota at home, um, and they're, you know, they're, they're good again. I mean, they're, they're always going to be good. And so it, 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 it'll be a big series. I think, I think the place will be packed um, and it's going to be fun and exciting. And, you know, you just got to take care of ter- take care of business at home. Yeah, I definitely agree. And I don't know if this is any, uh, this might be a bit of an overreach at this point. But, you know, it's kind of become where the NCHC for the past couple of years has been a six horse race, if you will. I don't yeah. know. That, I don't know that Colorado College, you know, is the is the team to beat this year. But it really feels that, and, and sorry, Miami fans, it feels like Miami is the only team that's kind of on the outside looking in with the progression of CC. And even Miami has given teams fits. You know yes. what? This conference has gotten tighter and tighter as we've gone along. It's going to be a battle. And it is, it is a process, like Pat said, take it day by day, get your rest, get your recovery back to work next week or the week after, I should say, um, where you really hit it heavy, welcoming North Dakota in. It should be a good one. Next week, uh, you know, a lot of college hockey going on around uh, the holiday break still. Um, some exciting things. Um, Minnesota State. They're going to travel to Lake Superior State, but Alex, I got to say, who cares, right? Who cares, man? Uh, <laughs> it's it's all about the Huskies uh, and their matchup, of course, uh, in December. Uh, Mankato, that'll be a good one to watch too. I would think that they should handle Lake Superior State, but hey, college hockey world, it's a funny world. Um, what isn't so funny uh, is the way the Minnesota Wild have been trending in the right direction over the course of this season. A tough loss last night against uh, Florida. They've got Tampa Bay. But we're going to touch on them uh, heading on over to our extra ice session uh, and talking a little bit about some Minnesota Wild hockey. And once again, welcome in episode number 88, the extra ice segment, Pat Micheletti, Alex Micheletti, uh, the dynamic duo joining us here. Uh, Alex, I want to start with you. Uh, last night's loss, uh, the Florida Panthers, who are a very good hockey team, 10-0 at home, uh, one of the best teams in the National Hockey League, the Minnesota Wild. Uh, it was a day late and a dollar short for them in terms of the comeback. They lost Jared Spurgeon to injury, but it was a good effort uh, to close out that game, just looking for a full 60 minutes. What did you see from the team uh, last night, and how have you like the week so far uh you have a loss uh to the san jose sharks uh blowout win to the dallas stars a loss to the florida panthers and then uh tampa bay tonight looking to close out that florida swing yeah tough really tough weekend uh <laughs> probably uh like, like i told my dad these are the 
the the weekend games probably the toughest two games that they'll that they've had this season so far or will once once the Tampa game's over. But yeah, exciting week. Uh, you know, it's it's nice to see Krill really get going. Um, and uh, like my dad called it, uh, you know, putting him with Victor Rask uh, has given him a little bit of a spark. So yeah, it's really fun to see uh, the plays he's making out there. Um, like, you know, last night was tough. Uh, you know, the the decor had a really, really tough, uh, tough game, but I mean, uh, like Nico Sturm said, uh, post game, it's, he, you know, he, he thought Florida was one of the fastest teams that they've, they've played all season. So, and they did that without, uh, Alexander Barkov, one of the best, best players in the NHL. But, uh, you know, this team, uh, is different. You know, they never seem to be out of any game, no matter what. I mean, they, you know, especially last night, they, you know, they could have just said, Hey, we're, we're moving on to Tampa, but you know, they, they pushed uh, for a tying goal right at the end there. Um, and they almost got it late with Fiala. Um, but um, yeah, I mean, you know, it's, it, this team has so much depth too. Um, and just, just, just wait until they get guys like, uh, you know, Marco Rossi and Matt Boldy on that yeah. team too. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm, I like, I like how this team is playing. Um, and you know, hopefully Jared Spurgeon isn't out, uh, long-term because, uh, you know, some of their depth defensemen had a, had a tough, tough night. Kulikov was involved in a couple of, uh, Florida goals and same with, same thing with John Merrill and, and Matt Dumba had a, had a tough game. So, um, yeah, but you know, like, like the college hockey season, it's, it's a long season in the NHL mm-hmm. too. Uh, you know, we're going to have an Olympic break, uh, uh, break here, um, too, looks like uh you know fingers crossed but uh <laughs> um yeah um yeah it's uh yeah i like i like the way that the, the team is trending and uh um it was always going to be tougher too uh from last year to this year in, in the central division um yeah you, you have a team uh team like uh chicago on a on a good run now too and uh st louis is playing really well and uh dallas had a big win last night and so yeah i mean it's uh it's gonna be a tough battle right down to the end. Uh Nashville, uh Matt Duchesne had a hat trick last night. So yeah, there's there's so many teams in this division playing well. And uh when you go outside the division too and have a tough weekend like uh like this Florida swing, uh you know, <laughs> good good to get some adversity too in, in the NHL for sure too. Yeah, yeah and, and I and I will and I will say this, and, and just for the record, fellas, just for the record, so you know. I had picked the Florida Panthers and the St. Louis Blues to meet in the Stanley Cup Finals. Florida's okay? such a good so, team. <laughs> yeah, so you so you can write this, you can write that down. Okay, write it down. Um, but no, I you know it, I'm gonna I'm gonna use the word again, spoiled. Um, we we got spoiled by uh, Kaprizov, and everyone was freaking out last week. And um, you know, oh my gosh, you know, uh, anybody other uh, not named McDavid. Um, we can talk about, right? Because McDavid can do it every night. Um, if um, I don't know, there there's a league that doesn't exist where he should play in, and he should be the only player <laughs> in the league um, because he's just heads and tails above everybody else. That being said, um, you know, uh, you know, let let Kaprizov, you know, he, what he did, goal and assist last night, something like that, whatever. Um, but but the expectation is he's got to do that every night. It's the NHL. It's the best league in the world with the best players in the world. Um, there's not a bad team in the league, uh, in, in my opinion. 
Okay. Even looking at Arizona. Yeah. We know Arizona is a mess because they're going through um, a lot of different things and they're, and they're in a complete re rebuild mode. Um, and so, but they can beat anybody on any given night. They beat the St. Louis blues um, last week. Okay. Uh, so they won last night too. Yeah. 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 They beat Detroit last night. So I guess my, my point is, um, you know, you, you just gotta, you gotta just take a deep breath and, and understand it's an 82 game season. And, mm-hmm. and as Alex alluded to, you're not going to be good every night. Um, and for whatever reason, and you know, whether you're banged up, whether you're just not feeling it mentally, um, you know, just think about it. Think about this guys. Um, you're a right winger. That's a, that just, you know, your job is to go in and hammer guys and forecheck and, you know, uh, or, or a defenseman. I got to go back and retrieve the puck, and I know I'm going to get hit hard in the boards. Um, mentally, that wears on you a little bit. And there are those nights where you say, huh, I'm not going to go 100% in. You know, maybe I'll go 80 or 90. Um, and that what happens? Uh, a turnover. And then what happens? Mm-hmm. That turnover leads into a goal for the other team. That stuff happens. Um, and it's it's having that extra burst of energy. It's all of the all of those factors involved. What you hope for and why this wild team um, has a chance every night is because they have guys like game breakers like a Fiala and a and a Kaprizov. Um, guy, you know, and, and Alex, you made it, made a good point where, you know, they never seem like they're out of it. And that's very true because of guys like, um, you know, 97 and, and, and Fiala. So, um, you, you know, you just want to maintain and, and, you know, be over 500 for the week, every week. And if you are, you're going to be in good shape. Yeah, absolutely. You know, we talked about, I think it's seven or eight uh, come from behind wins for this group, the most in the NHL. And uh, as we alluded to a couple of weeks ago, as a broadcast partner of mine says, some teams sometimes are too dumb to realize they should be out of hockey games sometimes and they find a way late, you know, and you mentioned not only, you know, the big gun scoring, Kevin Fiala is due for a breakout at some point this season, the way that he shoots the puck and the way that he threatens the crease, but also you're complimented this group with depth scoring, your Marcus Foligno's, your Ryan Hartman, you know, leading the team in goals the way that he's progressed and looking like that first round uh, draft pick as well too you know you have to get complimentary scoring up and down the lineup that bodes well not only in the regular season but in the playoff time it's not the big guns that necessarily are carrying the team it's your it's your unsung heroes Kapro Kaprizov five goals six assists in his last 10 games and it's kind of funny. Uh, and, and people aren't happy about it. Then, and that's where I'm, <laughs> and that's where I'm going. Um, and I'm glad I know. I already know you're on my page, Pat. So I'm excited. So I'll ask Alex first. Kirill Kaprizov, five goals, twelve assists, seventeen points in seventeen games. In case anyone was checking, uh, that's a point per game player. Um, yeah. But be, but beyond that. I had somebody not only on Twitter a couple of weeks ago, but also in the locker room at hockey last night, tell me, well, you know, he's not scoring at the rate that everyone looked for. First of all, Kaprizov is a playmaker, I think, in my opinion, that just happens to have a really great deceptive release. He draws guys to him and is able to create with his foot speed and his edge work in his hands. Here's the thing. You get 50 points in a season. Let's say two guys get 50 points in a year. One of them has 49 goals and one assist. The other one is... 30 assists, 20 goals. Last time I checked, that's 50 bingos on the board for the team you play for. It doesn't matter how you cut it. 
50 points means 50 goals went in the back of the net for your team. Alex, simple question. Does Kirill Kaprizov suck or is he playing well here? Is he doing okay? <laughs> it feels like yeah, he's I doing mean, okay. He's doing just fine. I mean, you, you made a good point about drawing uh, attention. Uh, you know, it's, it's guys like, like that and like, uh, like a McDavid, Dreisaitl. When they're on the ice, they're the number one guy that every, every team is paying attention to. And, you know, especially on the power play too, um, the movement is so much better with this team when he's out there. Um, you know, the, the scoring chances that he brings to, to his line, it's, it's incredible. Um, and the edge work, uh, it's, it's so fun to watch him skate. It's the same thing with McDavid on his edges. Uh, uh, like the play he made the other night when they were playing Vegas on that goal where he made the setup and then the pass he made, uh, in the Dallas game when he was behind the net and a, bl- mm-hmm. a blind pass right in front and, and they score. Um, he's just an amazing playmaker too. It's not only his scoring ability, but the way he sets up uh, sets up guys and the chemistry he has with uh, Zuccarello. It's, it's so much fun to watch. Um, you know, they're both two smaller guys, but they see the ice so well and the vision. It's so fun to watch a player that has the, has the vision like Krill and, uh, he just does everything. He does the little, the little things as well. And so uh, when he's on his game, it's, it's, it's so much fun. And uh, uh, you know, it's, you know, you know, you don't, you don't have to score every night to impact a game too. Um, and so, you know, here's the deal. Here's the deal too, which I, which literally I chuckle at, I, I chuckle <laughs> at, right. Um, um, uh, you know, Kaprizov didn't play well against San Jose. Okay. He did not. He yep. didn't play well. Um, and, you know, they expect him to play well every night. You know, we all want him to play well every night. Well, you know, I, I do read Twitter once in a while. And, <laughs> and, and, and what happened after the, that San Jose game, they moved, they, they switched lines, right? They, well, we got to try something new tonight. But people thought, ah, message, there's a message sent to them. Um, breaking him and Zuccarello up, uh, you know, this, that, and the other thing. And I laughed because, you know what? There was no message sent. There was, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to put these guys together for a night. I'm going to change things up. Coaches do it all the time. And, uh, you know, and then, you know, lo and behold, uh, Kaprizov has a really good game the next game and people, yep, yep. See, the message was sent. You yeah. either you either start playing hard or you're not, you know, you're not going to you you know, you're not going to be up with, you know, player A, player B or player C. Um, I, you know, I call complete BS on that. I, yeah. I, I made that known to a couple people who seem to think that, ha, huh, this coach is telling 97. Hmm. You know, yeah. you're not. Yeah. This, yeah. Is, a, this yeah. is a message. That's yeah. it. And I, <laughs> Total BS on that because listen, um, you know, this guy's, this guy's a superstar. Um, he knows better that, you know, he, he knows he didn't have a good game and you know what, if, if we don't allow, um, a superstar to have a a mediocre and not so good game, then shame on us. Yeah. You know what the message was after that Tuesday game against San Jose, Pat, he came in on Thursday morning and they said, Hey, you're going to be with these two guys tonight. Let's go get it. (laughs) That was the message. That's all it was. You're with these two guys tonight. And uh, 
yeah, I, I don't understand the, the animosity. And the thing is too, I think it's, it's funny to, you know, I, I'm not, I love formula one racing. You're going to wonder yeah. where this tangent is going. I I'm love, a big indie <laughs> guy. yeah, I love formula. I have a racing simulator here at home. Lewis I, Hamilton. Yeah. Easy. I'm a Verstappen guy, but it's all right, Alex. It's fine. <laughs> Imagine that we disagree. No, I, um, what is that? Uh, but the thing is, I love Formula One, but if Max Verstappen or Sir Lewis Hamilton walks up to me and tells me how something works after I make a comment about Formula One, I'm not going to look at them and say, well, you don't know anything. What makes you so high and right? I have so many people and I don't I don't think any of us consider ourselves to be experts at the game by any means. But I know Pat and I, you know, Pat had a way better career than I did, but, you know, played the game, both of us for decades, if you will. There's something to be said for knowing what it's like to be on the ice in a shift, knowing what it's like to be in a locker room and understanding that, you know, you can blow things out of proportion because you've never played the game or you've never seen that. And then when people like Pat Micheletti tell you, no, this is how it actually works in the locker room, people, you have these two things in the side of your head called ears. You can use them and recognize that we're not talking out of our butts for the sake of talking out of our butts there's a message behind that you want to talk about messages that it's just hockey that's how the game works sometimes you know and i i i just i I find it humorous how people can go back and forth and everyone's entitled to their opinion and we're not saying that you're not if you don't like kaprizov you don't like kaprizov that's fine but you know what we'll have an objective discussion with you and give our take on it and you know like pat said it's often a lot simpler in the locker room then people want to make it out to be a giant culture problem that they're going to send caprice off to cska moscow for some conditioning or something like that you know okay. it, it it really is you know a lot simpler so to speak before our final quick little thing about the quebec nordiques potentially returning to the national hockey league um pat let's start with you uh who is one player one line one thing about the minnesota wild that has exceeded your expectations thus far is there anything that sticks out so far throughout uh heading into game 18 of the season which hopefully kaylin addison is able to make the flight but we'll have to see well i you know i i think we've seen giant steps in in nico sturm um but um but but nico sturm is advancing where he should advance yep i'll I'll explain um nico sturm is not a number one center he's not a number two center um he's potentially a number three or four center and that's where he fits that's where he excels and a lot of people see uh, Nico Sturm, um, you know, make great, you know, you know, make great plays. Right. And, but he's making them against the right guys. Okay. Mm-hmm. He's not. Um, and, and that's no knock against him. It's that, that is where he excels. So, you know, I, 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 I try to explain to people, um, um, you know, my philosophy on lines and, 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 you know, I've had this discussion with Dean Everson a couple different times and it's not a matter about the individual as much as it is um, the partners that you're with Pairs, the combinations yeah. that you're with the chemistry um, that you're with. And typically Typically, it's two guys on a line that really mesh together. You know, you look at Zuccarello and and Kaprizov. 
you know, they just kind of know each other's games. Right. And so um, you need that. You need that other guy. Don't get me wrong. And, and, and they couldn't find that other guy last year. They found it with Victor Rask. Mm -hmm. Now let's talk about Victor Rask a second. Hey, he's not a great skater. Um, He does turn the puck over here and there. Um, But, but I think a lot of people in their minds, in their minds, um, um, have that um, Nino Niederreiter, um, Charlie Austin, Coyle, yeah, <laughs> yeah, that that syndrome. Oh, we traded one of the nicest guys, and oh, you're gonna miss Nino and blah, and we get Victor Rask, and Victor Rask comes in with a bad ankle and was you know right away and was hurt. Okay, we, we don't have to go back that far, um, but but my point being is that Kaprizov had. 27 goals last year right mm-hmm. and who was the center it was victor rask yeah. and who was he on the other side zuccarello but and my point is they worked all yeah. right as an individual um you know you can say all you want about victor rask and i would agree with you uh would agree with that assessment but if something works and there's chemistry there <clears throat> you know i'm saying yeah. You know, and 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 I, and I'm not a defending of Victor Rask, but a lot of people just say, you know, the first thing, 99% of the fans say, oh, geez, send Rask down, get rid of Rask, blah blah blah. Well, you know what? Um, uh, Dean Everson's a pretty smart guy. Bill Guerin's a pretty smart guy. Uh, Darby Hendrickson's a pretty uh, smart guy. Uh, and, you know, and the rest of the staff, they know what they have, and they make it work, and they make it fit, and they're winning games. You know, and I think you th- we always talk about this in the show. If Victor Rass makes a million dollars a year instead of $4 million a year, and you had him be a half a point a game per game player like he was with yeah. three points last season, are you complaining at all? I don't think anybody is. So I think that, again, imagine that. We all need to take a deep breath here. Speaking of taking a deep breath, before we head on to Quebec, Alex, similar question. What is, is there anything that's been uh, exceeding your expectations so far from this Minnesota Wild Club? Yeah, a guy like uh, Brandon Duhame, uh, you know, he's really taken advantage of his opportunity. And it, I always root for, for uh, the college hockey guys. And so, uh, yeah, going back to this past summer, uh, you know, when they would talk to Billy G, he would mention Duhame's name and uh, along with the Rossies and the Boldies. And so that that perked up um, my ears uh, because, you know, when you, when you bring up a guy like that and uh, they really gave him an opportunity in training camp and he ran with it, um, you know, same, same thing with Ryan Hartman. Uh, this guy can play on any line and he doesn't care who he plays with. He's always, he's been productive on any line. Um, and another guy that's really taken advantage. Um, he took a team friendly deal to come back to the wild. And so, uh, yeah, it's, he's exceeded my expectations. Uh, another guy that, still doesn't get talked about enough is uh, Jonas Brodeen. Um, he's had an incredible start to the season. Uh, he's getting some power play time now too on the second unit. And so the guy never does anything wrong out there. It's, it's incredible. You can put him in any type of situation. You put him out there late too, to, uh, when the team at, when the other team has an empty net and he, he he'll score you the empty net goal from, <laughs> from way out from, from Tom Reed's the other night. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, uh, from a shot from way, way out against the Islanders. Um, but, uh, yeah, um, you know, I, I love, I love the depth on this team, like I mentioned earlier, and, uh, it's so fun to see a third and fourth line where you don't have to worry about putting them out there. Um, and so, 
Uh, it's rejuvenated, uh, rejuvenated a guy like Nick Bukestad too, playing with, uh, you know, guys like uh, Sturm and uh, Duhame uh, when, when they're paired together. And so, yeah, it's, it's, it's a fun team to watch, which, uh, you know, in, in past years, uh, a lot of opposing uh, fan bases or even uh, the, the wild fan bases call, call them the Minnesota mild, uh, but no longer. And uh, I love what, what Billy G is doing with this team and, uh, the guys he's acquiring and uh, yeah, it's, it's so much, fun. Uh, it's a, such a fun team to watch for sure. Yeah. I love that answer, Alex. And uh, you know, my guy for me that I have pegged, I don't know that he's exceeding expectations, but I would say return to form for all the flack that he's gotten. I like Matt Dumba's game and the way that he's continued to progress in what he's done. Uh, you mentioned Nick Bukestad though, former golden gopher though. I, we've had a few of those on our show. You know, anybody like that, Pat? Um, <laughs> a couple of guys. Uh, so Be nice. <laughs> so, so final question. My dad, like I said, my dad went to the UN 81 and a huge Gophers fan. I grew up as a Gophers fan and very smart man. Yeah. And he, uh, um, he definitely uh, enjoys every time you're on the show and uh, loves what you do, Pat, as do we, we're happy to have you here as well as Alex uh, to kind of wrap up the show. As we had kind of mentioned 18,259 seat arena that's sitting in Quebec city uh, right now is they're pushing to be the 33rd NHL team or the new Arizona coyotes, whatever they're trying to do here. But like we mentioned uh, in the weekly roundup, uh, Gary Bettman meeting uh, with the premier of Quebec to talk a little bit about whether that's a possibility. Uh, you guys both familiar, at least a little bit, with some Quebec hockey back in the day. Um, you know, Pat, let's start with you. Uh, does Quebec City have a home in the NHL? Does the NHL need Quebec City maybe is the better question. Uh, and it, does the timing make sense? Does the logistics make sense? Or do you think that it might be a meeting that uh, might end the way that it uh, is currently sitting right now in the NHL landscape? Well, a a Alex knows this uh, 100%. If he doesn't know it, I'll, I'll be really upset. My first NHL game that I played was against the Quebec Nordiques. And uh, so I, you know, uh, listen, um, this, the, the city of Quebec de deserves it. Um, they're passionate about it. Uh, there was always a question of, of, um, of finance and, uh, you know, the, the finances and the Canadian dollar. And um, that had a lot to do with it. Um, I, I hope they do get a team because the rivalry between Montreal and Quebec was, um, it, it, it was just, it was unbelievable. Um, and, and I hate to use this term, the hatred between the two cities. It was a, it, it was a, a passion uh, between the two cities that they wanted to beat each other. Um, and so I, I'd love to see them get back in. It's a, you know, it's a hockey town. It's a, you know, it, it, they, they, they deserve it. And, you know, I, I hope, um, I hope they're, I hope they're able to work something out. Yeah. I, it would be an interesting to see kind of how they fit in that piece here. Alex, uh, if you tell me that the Whalers need to come back too, um, I have questions. Uh, but nonetheless, uh, speaking of bringing potentially the 33rd NHL team, or if Arizona can't figure things out, adding them into the mix, uh, if any way possible, where do you see the Quebec Nordiques fitting into the NHL landscape? Are they a new team? Are they a, a relocation team? Or do they uh, get denied having a team uh, once again that we've seen in years past? Yeah, I would love, I would, you know, if they, if they do move uh, the Coyotes to uh, Quebec, uh, I'm, I'm fine with it. It was, um, you know, they've had a good run there. It's cool that they, <laughs> they've grown the, the, the game of hockey. I mean, you look at 
look at Austin Matthews, uh, you know, one of the best players in, in the world is from, from that area. And so it's cool that, you know, they've grown the game, but, you know, I think it's time to get another Canadian market, uh, you know, involved, um, you know, if they do re relocate, um, um, you know, it, it'd be really fun to see, um, you know, that logo be back in the NHL in, in Quebec. Um, and, and like I said, um, you know, it's when, when you have a playoff series in, in Canada, those, those are the best ones. It's, it's so much fun. Yeah. The crowds get so into it. You see, uh, especially like, uh, like a team like Toronto and you look at, at the square they have and they, they put the, the games on, on the, on a screen outside there and every goal it's like, you know, it's heartbreak or, you know, um, or it, the, the, the fans are going bananas. It's yeah. uh yeah, it, it's so much fun. I think, I think we need another Canadian team for sure. I, I will, I will add this. I will add this. I, I, I don't think um, unless it's, it's a last ditch effort. I, I don't think in the, and herein lies the problem for, for Quebec, um, the league the league loves the expansion fee money. Okay. And that's, and that's where Quebec gets in trouble because what, what did, uh, what did Seattle pay? Like $900 million. Yeah. yeah 900 million. Uh... And, you know, and, 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 you know, to come up with that type of money, you just, you know, you just don't put it, you know, pull it out of your pocket. Right. Um, yep. And, and Gary Bettman, Gary Bettman, um, who a lot of people don't like. I think he's done a, a really good job in the league. Yeah, you you don't handle everything properly or the correct way, but but I think he's done a a, a really really good job um, in expanding to Florida, Arizona, uh, even in California, and now Seattle. Um, um, I, you know, I I don't think the league would like to see a team move. They want to keep it there wherever they are and make it work. Um, and so that's what kind of really, really hinders Quebec, uh, in my opinion, anyway, in, in getting in the league. Yeah, I, I would I would kind of agree with that sentiment, Pat. You know, and the timing for Quebec has always just been a shade a shade off plum, if you will, yeah. unfortunately, for, for their application process or missing that one key right. piece that kind of pushes them over the link. But speaking of two key pieces, Pat Micheletti, Alex Micheletti, it was a joy to have you guys on. I got to ask before I let you go, Alex, you're going to be here next week with Caleb Peabody, some Thanksgiving special stuff. We'll have a little bit of fun with that episode. But Pat, before I let you go, uh, you're letting Alex come over, whether or not he gets to eat today we'll have well, to see I, no no it's not 100 <laughs> all right he's yes. got a lot of, he's got a lot of apologizing to do <laughs> you know i you know there's a criteria so um you know uh, I, I, the, the jury's still out yeah, def <laughs> definitely. Alex, I, I wish you the best of luck in your lineup card uh, bid today. Uh, Pat, I got to ask, uh, throughout the Thanksgiving week, though, you got any big plans for the week? And uh, as a Huskies hockey fan, uh, when will we be seeing you next on uh, the big airwaves in terms of well, Huskies you know, hockey? You know, it, it's nice, you know, like like, uh, like the players and the coaches and everything, it, it's good to have a week off. And, um, you know, because it's, it, you know, it's been every weekend uh, somewhere. So I'm going to enjoy this week, take it off and then get ready for North Dakota and St. Cloud, uh, in two weeks, which, uh, I'm, I'm pumped for now. It's going to be, it's going to be a great series. Uh, so I'm really looking forward to that. 
I am as well, too. Uh, my birthday is actually December 3rd on that Friday. So uh, what better birthday present could you ask than having uh, two yeah, of the best teams right. in the NCHC uh, going toe-to-toe? Right. -to -toe. Uh, Alex, uh, it's a pleasure to have you on the show as well, too. I suppose I can ask real quickly, uh, what are you up to for Thanksgiving? We'll get some more info on that as we what go along. What do you think he's up to for Thanksgiving? Trying to get back yeah. in the lineup. <laughs> oh, he's, he's, he's got he's to work hard to, to, to get invited <laughs> over for dinner. How about that? Alex, you think you're going to make the lineup here? What's the story? Oh, I think so. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's good. It, it's good to take some pressure, but uh, well, yeah, um, yeah, I, I, yeah. I love, uh, yeah, I love, love, I love Thanksgiving week, and uh, it's so much fun to watch all the football too. That's 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 one of the one of the things I look forward to: good food and good football. Just remember, Alex. Yes, sir. No, sir. I'll take out the trash, sir. You're welcome. Yep. All right. And, and you're yep. the greatest ad in the world, right? Yeah. We'll take yes. that too. Yep. <laughs> well, hey, thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely, Pat. Well, uh, thank we'll you. See, we'll see if Alice can get out of the doghouse. But speaking of the warming house and the warming house, Dan, it was a pleasure to have Pat and Alex Micheletti. And we will see you soon for episode number 89. And your one-timer coming, they score! She scores! Dana Rasmussen for the Huskies alongside. Dwayne Kaprizov in for a chance to win it. He scores! Kirill the thrill is for real! Welcome to the NHL, a game winner. St. Cloud Cathedral is now 42.6 seconds away from wrapping up the school's first ever title.